Hey there, everybody. Oh, let me... Hey there, everybody. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Lakers Detailed uh, with me, Vinay, and Raj, uh, fresh off of a game one victory in Chase Center up in San Francisco. Raj, how are you doing this evening? Oh, man. Uh, days after wins. Uh, there's nothing like it. Nothing like days after wins. Um, wish these were a little bit longer, obviously. I would like more than one day to enjoy and watch the film and just, you know, be able to sit in the glory of stealing home court. Um, but we're right back at it tomorrow. But I'm doing well, man. How, how are you? How's your day off from really basketball? There was a Celtics-Philly game, which was terrible after the second half. So basically just we got one half of basketball today. Yeah, I've been, I've been um, you know, I shared a bunch of tape. I, I rewatched the game this morning, very early in the morning. Uh, shared mm -hmm. some cool clips, uh, tapes, tape of stuff that I saw. But outside of that, I haven't um, looked at it again. Uh, I completely avoided the Boston game. Didn't bother to watch it. Didn't care to watch it. Um, I've been playing Jedi Survivor. Uh, I don't know if you're a video game guy or if any of the folks in the spaces or live stream uh, are video game guys. I know video game, not guys, but video game folks. Um, I've been mm. playing Jedi Survivor, and that has been consuming an incredible amount of my time um, in between. Okay. But it's good because... You know, just go from one game to the next, man. We don't got any time to turn turning this around. We're we're barely squeezing in this analysis the night before. So you know, yeah, look forward to it for sure. Yeah, I haven't. You know, I haven't had a video game like console in like four years. I think I had like an Xbox One. Yeah, it broke, and then I just never replaced it. So I just, I yeah, I haven't played a video game in like three four years. The last game I think was like NBA Two K. 20 or 19 uh, i don't remember which one i yeah. was the last one i think that i was on so yeah i, I yeah I, I suck at i suck at nba 2k i think the last nba game i was actually good at was like in 01 or something like that and yeah i'm just like you i i, I literally only bought the game to play this jedi survivor game i bought a ps5 the other day um i'm a big star wars guy and i, and I remember i watched i'm one of those people who watches people play video games on youtube like while i do work like I move it onto a second screen because I'll be like, I know I'm not going to put 40 hours into this game, so I'm just going to let like play on double the speed and you know mm. keep follow it or whatever. And so I did it with the first game, and then I was like, oh, I got to play the second one. There's no way I can. What's it called? Uh, you know, just watch somebody play it. So that's what I've been doing um, nice. since then. Uh, <laughs> I, so you know that last night's game was frantic. It was stressful. And then it was kind of nice for a little while when we went up by 14 points and it looked like things were very much in hand. Um, right. And then everything went to hell again um, <laughs> in Lakers fashion. Cause we've done it all season long, uh, like last four or five minutes of the game where we just kind of let go of the rope and we just stopped playing defense and stopped trying to, you know, run our offense and stuff, but the Lakers pulled out a win and uh, that, you know, in the playoffs, it's really the win that matters. Doesn't matter if it's pretty or ugly. You just gotta you gotta win. Mm -hmm. You know that's just kind of how it works uh, in the playoffs. Uh, what what were your what were your, like biggest take? What was your biggest takeaway from that game last night? So we did the preview here uh, right before it, and I think I you know mentioned that this would be a miserable series, and I think like that's 
kind of encompassed game one. And obviously we went up by 14 and that was great. I thought that was really fun. But, you know, defending Steph and Clay, um, even Jordan Poole to a lesser extent, but that's going to be uh, quite the thing to watch as the game goes. But I think it went kind of how we thought. The, like, headline I think we had was this would be Steph versus LeBron while Anthony Davis steals the show, and that's kind of what happened. AD kind of stole the show, 30-23 uh, and 23 game for him, and I thought his, advan- his advantages were there that, like, we kind of predicted. Uh, Looney was unable to guard him. He attacked him in space. Um, but I think, you know, that game kind of told me this is going to be a very uh, – it's potentially going to be a long, you know, should be fun series. But, uh, yeah, watching us have to defend them. And they're just never out of it. When they up 14, you know what I mean? Like that felt like up six basically. And it just took a little bit, right? It took like a few bad shots, a few tired shots, tired legs. And then boom, Steph and one, Clay three, Jordan Poole three. And then that just gets their wheel going in a way that like no other team has. So um, yeah, but we got one and we got the biggest one to me. Game one on the road. Um, that was, you know, I saw some, some people complaining like it was, it should have been easier. This is a Golden State Warrior. They just won the damn title last year. Like, it's a, it's a tough place to play. Um, they're 33 and 8 at home. That's the second best home record, I believe, in the league uh, behind the Memphis Grizzlies, who we just took care of. So, but those are the overarching thoughts that I had. What, what'd you think? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I think, um, it, it, it was, it's, it's one of those games where it's kind of fun to see our, predictions kind of come true um, when it comes to what we think that the Lakers are going to do defensively, offensively. So pat on the back to myself and you for accurately predicting almost, almost everything that we thought would sort of happen in that game, at least in terms of like coverages in terms of, I mean, we've run down the list. We both said that Vando is going to be the guy that got that guard stuff that did end up happening. Uh, We both said, that D'Lo has to be the guy that steps up out, you know, within the starting group. That's exactly what happened. Uh, D'Lo had a phenomenal offensive game um, last night. Uh, we talked about not knowing what we were going to get out of LeBron James. You know, we might not get a great offensive game. It's very clear that the, the foot's bothering him. But if he continues to channel his energy onto into the defensive end, you know, good things will happen. That's exactly what we got last night. Like LeBron blocking shots and rebounding the ball and, and picking his spots. Um, and then what was the other thing? And the most important thing, Anthony Davis was the best player on the floor last night. Um, yeah. Just literally commanding the paint on both ends, blocking shots, deflecting shots. Um, he was also doing this thing. And and, and it's I, I wanted to tweet about it, but I couldn't find the right words to say it. But there was a point in the game where Anthony Davis was consistently like scaring people from taking shots while yeah. also immediately turning around and getting the defensive rebound before like Kevon Looney could do it. And I wish I had the time to do it, but I wanted to do like a whole supercut of him just doing that over and over and over again. Cause there were some 50, 50 balls that could have definitely gone, um, you know, gone in, in the direction of, of the, of the warriors, uh, whether it was Wiggins or Looney that was grabbing it, but he was so good rebounding in traffic last night that, Mm-hmm. I think that's probably something that was very underrated. So it's just my, you know, a lot of takeaways, but like the main takeaway was what we expected to happen um, was, was something that happened. One thing I will say this before I hand it back to you. The one thing I did not expect to happen that did happen is the Lakers stayed pretty disciplined for like 80%, 85% of the game with their shots. They didn't get baited into a 
shootout with the Warriors, mm-hmm. other than at the very beginning, and then obviously at the end when they started chucking threes because I think they were tired. And that's really good because that was my concern. Like the Warriors are going to speed us up and they're going to get us to start chucking threes. And we didn't do that. Uh, even when we, we could have, and, and, you know, props to him and props to, to those guys on the floor. for Right. Yeah, for sure. We, you know, the Warriors kind of bait you into that. They try to make you play their game. Um, and we kind of adjusted to them in the like late fourth quarter. They had the, we had the like Vando cause our offense started to stagnate, right? They went to a zone and we, I thought ham kind of, you know, I, I thought he kind of galaxy brain where he took out Vanderbilt for D'Lo D'Lo obviously hits that big shot to win it. You know, hits that like pump fake over Andrew Wiggins off the glass. But we took out Vando um, for for D'Lo, and you know that re- really didn't help our offense much. And I thought it got the Warriors going. But yeah, other than that, we ran our stuff. But hey, they had 13 threes in the first half, like, and we had one. Like that, that's a like margin. You usually don't, you know, you don't catch up usually in those those type of margins. But we won at the free throw line. Uh, we played our game. We kept running. You know. We, we didn't go away from AD. We kept running those corner pin down actions for him. And we just put the pressure on them in the paint. Didn't we? We were like one for eight from three in the first half. Um, and you're right. We played our game. LeBron still kind of played off ball. D'Lo gained to the basket. Austin Reeves, I thought, hit like huge threes on them. But um, we, we played our game and we didn't fall in fall victim to me, to the Warriors. And you win a game where Jordan Poole has six threes, right? Um, Steph and Clay both had their, had their shots going. When they went up two to ten, I was like, "Oh crap! Like it's gonna be this type of game." You know, I mean, the Warriors are very—they can really easily just run you out of the building in the first quarter, um, as they could do any part of the game. But I thought, you know, we really looked poised, and that was like the word I used a lot. I thought we looked poised, like Austin, D'Lo, all those dudes looked super calm. And you know, you brought up AD, and I'll kick this back to you. That was the first time, like he looked comfortable as the best, like he knew he was the best player in that game. Like, you know, like he looked so comfortable. Um, he had a play where like he faked the handoff and drove on Looney, you know, like just like easy stuff for him where it just looked like the Warriors had no answer. And I'm not sure really where they go with, I know like we'll go into adjustments later, but to watch him, Vinay, I know like this is probably early, but it feels like he's taking the keys, you know what I mean? Of like, of this team. And it feel it has felt like that for a while. He's going to have to do it a bunch more times but um he's looked super comfortable offensively and on defense though what you were talking about there i'm not sure any other player can do it i mean the stepping up on the screen we talked about it in the preview dissuading the three-point line yeah and taking away and taking away the rim that's exactly what he did like that's exactly what he did he dissuaded Mm -hmm. the three took away the three-point line took away the rim and then went and boxed out looney like that's just a that three-step process is absurd, and you're lucky to get one of those from a big man. So, um, yeah, very, very fun uh, ball game, and I'm excited to get into the the details here in that one. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty excellent to see him. You know, his mobility. I, I and I, and I was re- reading the quotes that we got um, from Darvin Ham at the end of the game. Like he played the entire second half. Um, yeah, and uh, you know that was I mean, it wasn't a surprise. It, you could you could see them doing it. He was pretty effective. It was very clear that they were using him more as like a play finisher. He wasn't being asked to do a lot of self-creation. Um, the Warriors like respected his his presence and players were playing up. Like there was a point in, like Dilo was getting – I think he almost got caught off guard. His layups were so wide open sometimes. Yeah. That he was like missing them. And I was just like – like I, I know everybody was just like, bro, why are you missing these wide open layups? But I was like, I think even Dilo may have been shocked. Like, 
Like you guys aren't going to close up the paint. You guys are just going to stay on <laughs> Anthony Davis the whole time. And, um, you know, we talked about needing him to be aggressive and he, he was aggressive. And, and that's exactly what we need out of like the role guys, like play off of your stars, see what they can do. In the fourth quarter, you have four Warrior players watching Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves run uh, screen and roll over and over again, and they completely lose LeBron James for a backside lob that he ends up dunking. And it's just like I'm watching the game, and it was a tight game at the time. It was like a two-possession game when that play happens. And I'm watching it, and I'm just like, do you i don't think they know what's coming like i I think like the warriors are like hold on like these guys are doing something that we didn't expect them to do and you know for me it's it's funny i mean for us it's funny because we you know when we talked about austin we said like whoever's been whoever you could tell who watches the game through twitter like that's one of the things that i i I love (laughs) about like uh watching like this is my one of my old man gripes, I guess is what I'll call it. It's just like, I can tell who's watching the game through Twitter based on how they complain about a player. And when they were complaining about Austin yeah. getting too many free throws, I was like, oh, you guys don't watch Austin. You only watched him for like these couple of games. And so he only scored 10 points last night. He went four for nine. Um, his majority of his job was to chase Clay around uh, as best as he could um, and and just, you know, make him work and stuff like that. But Austin had some nice plays, dude. He had a, he had a snatch back pull up on... The Vincenzo that he made, he had a relocation Nasty. three after he he made Curry go inside and come back out, got it back from Vando and drained the three. Like he he had the lob that to it's just everybody stepped up in small pockets, and, the, and that's just what we need, man. It's just it's the team win is what we needed, um, and and that's what we got for sure. Well, like let's let's start with D'Lo because I think this is interesting. I thought he had the most like you know, he's got the most probably criticism throughout this playoffs. You know what I mean? He's been up and down. Sometimes he's there offensively. Sometimes he takes 10 shots. Um, but last night felt like a I'm here type of moment. Like, you know, that was, that's a huge, you know, road, you know, arena to kind of perform in. And uh, I guess I'll go backwards. He had an air ball three, but I don't even remember this. So we yeah, were up three. Yeah. The Pages we Stoyakovich cor- left corner three air ball. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, so like the ball moves right to him, and that's good offense, you know what I mean? Wide open D'Angelo Russell in the corner, um, but Warriors on a like uh, absolutely disruptive run, right? One of those runs that like take your soul out. Like it was four, I believe it was eleven nothing at this time. So they went on eleven nothing run. I think Curry just hit a relocation three on D'Lo in D'Lo's face. We go the other way, D'Lo airballs the, the the shot, right? I was like, oh crap, like what, you know, what, like I was just, like, in, in the, yeah, in that, but what what was your mindset at that? But like, what oh were you thinking man, that oh I was I was so scared. Like I was like, man, I was so nervous. <laughs> I was like, I hope we don't. This one would suck to give away because like just uh, that that would really really terrible. That'd be an awful loss. I would have rather just got my got the blo- the doors blown off. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I was uh, my heart dropped. I was watching it on my computer. Like I was watching it sitting here, and my heart. I was just like, oh my god, we're gonna lose in the most embarrassing fashion I've ever seen. Dude, when they when they tied it, that's when I like the fear really hit. You know, I was like, oh, we're still up, we're still up, we're still up. Andrew Wiggins gets three million offensive rebounds because of course yeah. he does. And then like the finally the um the Steph Curry three, of course that goes in. D'Lo I think played that perfectly, and the yeah. announcers like, uh, they're trying to pick on D'Lo. I'm like, it's a running action. Like there's like there's no, <laughs> there's like I didn't have time for that, and he just comes in yeah. and fires in a three. But I thought it was really like his poise to be able to go the other way no offense going right LeBron and AD lids on the basket and mm-hmm. gets to the rim and finishes but 
I think his rim pressure, strangely, is so key in this series. Like, I think him being able to attack the rim, he had some plays on Gary Payton, you know, the second where, like, Payton was up on him and kind of used his physicality against him, took yeah. him to the basket a few times, pump fake drives. He's skilled enough to do that. And I guess I'm going to push this back to you. What in his game is, like, non-replicable? Like, what what is, like, what can't be, like, done every night is my question to you. Like, that's, I think, like, that's the type of game he could have any time. Like, to me, his shots... His shot diet, like he had one step back over Steph Curry. That's a tough, tough shot. But um, I thought a lot of that, like Kevon Looney is a deep drop. Like he's dropped yeah. back. They do not, he does not want to give AD the role right there. Because right. he knows like if he gives AD the role, then he has offensive rebounding. So he's going to be back. D'Lo can snake the pick and roll and get to that shot whenever he wants. Um, but I guess what did you see from that? What do you like? What Was that like something you think that's not going to continue? Or is that something he can you know do as this series goes on? Yeah, so you know, I think D'Lo is a very reactive player uh, on on the offensive end. So when he mm. plays against guys that give very clear, like, so we we both pointed out that he he struggles with physicality, right? But yeah, he doesn't struggle. But there's a difference between physicality and um, over aggressiveness. And Gary Payton Jr. does it, or Gary Payton the second, he's over aggressive at times. So when a mm. guy is over aggressive like that you'd learn to use a counter, you know, like, okay, if he's going to take, he's going to be super hyper aggressive on my right hip, I'm going to go left. And D'Lo is talented enough and, and uh, skilled enough to be able to, with, to attack with either hand. Um, and so he can, he can flip that, you know, like he can flip that aggression on you. And now you're in a position where you're stuck behind him or you're stuck on his hip uh, or you're having to trail him too closely and he can, you know, possibly draw a foul or whatever it is uh, off your back pressure. Um, so I, I think like the jump shooting is very replicable, like the open jumping, mm. you know, the, the, the jump shooting threes, even some of the contested pull up threes, like they looked like they were in rhythm for him. They weren't ones that were very like, like desperation or anything like that. Um, the only thing it's not that he can't replicate it. I think the only thing that I'm sure that the Warriors film group, like the, the assistant coaches are harping on is he got mm. some wide open layups, like wide, wide yeah. open layups. And I think they're going to be like, okay, that can't happen because if he's scoring this easy, like it's one thing to score a contested layup, but if he's scoring this easily, like I'm not kidding, not kidding, Rod. There was a play where like literally nobody stopped him from going to the rim. And there was another one where he actually missed the layup because he put too much finger, like too much jelly on the finger roll. And like, I was just like, I don't know what the Warriors are doing, but they're clearly looking at somebody else on the court and letting him take <laughs> his layup. So I don't know if that'll be replicatable. Like you might, you mm -hmm. might have... A situation where he's using his floater a little bit more or he or he, he settles for that little pull-up midi because there's somebody waiting at the rim for him um or maybe you know he it's a drop pass to, to 80 or something like that uh, but i think the rest of it is, is fine like we can get we can get the shooting the ball handling yeah. the, the playmaking out of him uh, i don't think any any of that is far-fetched and i don't think we got we got a great d-low performance but i wouldn't say we got like in like he had a game that's like like an out of body experience. Exactly. I feel like this is what you should see out of him, based on the two stars that we have on the floor. Right. Yeah. Nine for nineteen from the field. Um, six assists. Only one for five from three. So there's you know there's margin there to work with. But again, I just thought his poise and you know we're we're asking AD obviously to be just an absolute like world like world stopper on defense we're also making lebron be extremely engaged right on the defensive end having to step out on screens or chase clay whenever he switched on him to me this is a austin reeves and d'lo series in a really yeah. strange and dennis and dennis and dennis who, yeah yeah he stepped up on, he had a phenomenal yeah. game yeah 
and he picked on Jordan Poole all night, and that's going to be a funny one-on-one series. I just, yeah. I know there's going to be there's going to be double techs and all kinds of stuff coming for those two uh, there, as we move. There was some, there was something going on. Did you, uh, oh, 100%. you saw you saw you saw Poole do like the little antics after he hit the four-point play off of D'Lo. Oh. Like he was, and I was just like, did some did they say something to each other? I don't know why Poole's like you know. Uh, I mean, I, I don't care, but I was just like, I never, I didn't see any interaction between D'Lo and Poole that would make Poole do something like that. But then again, like Poole does stuff like that. So it's like, you know, this is. Yeah. And I'm sure D'Lo is just not quietly running back. Right. Like, I'm sure like <laughs> right, that's not, yeah, I'm sure that's sure. not what's happening. I'm sure that's not what's happening either. But yeah, like I expect, you know, Jordan Poole and other guards to get, you know, in, in some kind of scuffle, not scuffle, but you know, some, some technical fouls. Some, given out. some, some uh, chat some chit chat yeah some uh, pleasantries being exchanged um but uh yeah like i think this is a, our guards on offense series and we have two of them austin and d'lo that should be able to punish their yeah. coverage and obviously we'll get into the the, the rotation adjustment mm-hmm. i think the warriors will get to but kevon looney's gonna play in this series like he has to like they he have no to. one behind him and draymond it's just them two and looney cannot sit in his like he cannot be up on those screens unless they start switching a little bit more which i don't expect the Warriors don't switch much anyway. Um, they can get to that little spot there. And I thought Austin, again, I thought he looked a little bit like unsure in the first quarter. The Warriors crowd and just the jump shooting and the will that they take from you that like, you know, damn, Clay just hit three threes. And my hand was in his face on all of them. You know, right, like right. you watch the first three Clay shots. It's like I'm not sure what Austin's supposed to do there. Like a one legged right. fadeaway two from Clay Thompson and it rolls in. And you could see Austin's face, like, are you freaking serious? Like, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta do, and I gotta go chase him around again on the next position. But um, I thought, you know, our guards were, were so good, and they let kind of LeBron uh, be so super engaged on defense, and then pick yeah. his spots, Vinay, offensively. So yeah, um, I think them two, just uh, as a guard pairing, are gonna be so huge in this series, and, and making Steph work right. Austin putting, you know, Steph in jail, making him defend D'Lo, making Steph defend Vando when they try to hide on him attack the offensive glass. I think that's a big right. part of this series that, you know, Sacramento just wasn't able to uh, capitalize on against them. Yeah, it's it's there you you have to play the game of attrition, right? Like you can't just have mm-hmm. like you can't do the thing that the Warriors do with Draymond and Gary Payton and and Looney where they're just like not involved in the offense at all and they're just playing defense all only playing defense all the time because it just it, whoever's guarding them or uh, on the other end they're just getting rest on those possessions as long as, you know, everybody else is doing their job. So Austin being involved, D'Lo being aggressive, Dennis being aggressive, any any combination of those three guys being aggressive when they're on the floor is, like, tremendous. Like, that, it's any mm-hmm. any points that we get out of that is is super helpful. Um, and it's it's necessary because you have to play the game of attrition. Like, you have to – Steph already runs 6,000 miles a game or something like that, right? <laughs> like, you, we need to add more mileage to his legs and make him make him play some defense. Uh, and it can't just be AD, and it can't just be LeBron doing that. Um, but you mentioned Dennis. Uh, Dennis yeah. had a really, really good game. Uh, mm. I like I, I, you know, the, the focus has been more on him defensively um, because even in the Memphis series, he struggled a lot with Memphis's physicality um, and the rim protection. But the Warriors' backline is not the same. Uh, and when Looney is off the floor, their backline is definitely not the same uh, mm-hmm. as you know what Memphis could throw out there uh, with their bodies. Um, with, with, with their athletes and stuff like that. And so Dennis did some foul embellishing, which was, you know, oh, yeah. that, that's what he does. Um, but he also had some really nice plays. He had floaters that went down. 
Uh, he had jumpers that went down. He had some play, you know, he had some possessions where he made plays for his teammates. And then he had some plays where he just straight up took the guy and beat him with his speed of his first step to the rim. And, uh, you know, he might draw a foul or he might not draw a foul um, in doing so. And, he, you know, he was quietly, you know, he, not too many people talked about him, but he was phenomenal, like, as, yeah. as our third guard off the bench. Um, you think his game, like, we, we can keep getting that kind of production out of him to some degree uh, the rest of the series? I don't think you're going to get the scoring, but so full context, I think he did say like his leg, he was having like a sore Achilles, right, or something like that. And I think he said he's feeling better from that. But I think this is a defensive Dennis series for sure. Like I think I think Memphis was tough. Um, number one, I guess he wasn't feeling well. But also number two, I think they just have a lot of trees in the lane and they do a really good job of being physical and, you know, having their hands high. Jaron Jackson Jr. comes over. Um, they're just a tough team to get shots off against tonight. Dennis has a mismatch with Poole. At least that's what he believes, and I think that's what the team believes as well. Um, he went right at him. They're going to make Jordan Poole defend. That's obviously going to be a key part of this series. And I thought Dennis, you know, was able to do that, just take isolation. I'm getting to the rim. I'm getting fouls on you, you know, and, again, getting to Jordan Poole's head a little bit. The jump shots hit a long two. I think he only took, like, one three-pointer. Um, but the defense was just uh, him on – I thought Steph got going a little bit in the fourth quarter, but I mean you can't have Vando on him for like 35 minutes, so so I get that. Um, but he's our, you know, he's one of our best chasers. I thought he did a really good job getting skinny, chasing him around him. He had one play where Steph was dribbling, he just picked him like he, stri I, he stripped I, him clean. He stripped him think, so nicely at half court. Have you ever seen Steph get picked? Like I've never seen no. get Steph get picked no. like that at least, like no. and, right and at Steph half court. Yeah, and Steph gets a comparison to Kyrie because people are like, oh, Kyrie's so skilled. Look at all this ball handling. But Steph is, a, is an amazing oh. ball handler. Like, his turnovers usually come from him making, like, kind of dumb passes, Bad dumb reads. decisions on his passes. But, like, ball security is not a Steph issue. Like, he's no. pretty good with, with, with the live dribble. Yeah, and Dennis just trips him at half court, goes the other way, and lays it in. It's like, oh, and, like, and, you know, and just, like, he didn't even smile after that. He just, like, he went right back into yeah. his stance to pick him up full court again. And, he's again, he's part of this, like, defensive identity that we have we're like there's no rest like steph curry we're picking you full court like mm -hmm. 90 feet away from the basket we're picking you up vanderbilt we're picking you up full court you're gonna have to run and uh, like get the ball out of our ball denial and like dennis was a part of that as well and he's gonna be big defensively probably too small for like clay to like to run around against clay but i think against steph um he can do as good as anyone uh obviously we're gonna try to keep vanderbilt on him but uh yeah that's where this gets interesting though because then you get into like Obviously, D'Lo closed the game because we took out Vanderbilt. But, uh, like, can you close with those three guards? I think it's going to be very interesting how Darvin Ham kind of picks his spots here because, obviously, you have Andrew Wiggins who can attack the offensive rebounds. It's like chess match that we're going to be in. But Dennis is going to play. Like, I think he got his 30 or, like, 28 minutes or something last night. Um, he got 31 minutes. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll, that's the minute total that he'll be at. But um, I thought he was great. And I think his defense especially is going to be important in this series. Yeah, and and, and I think I think some of that is also probably because his minutes increased is probably as as a result of the Warriors downsizing so much. Like they went to four guard lineups, um, mm. they had three guard lineups. So um, you know, it, it, it's it's more of a matching up tac tactically. So like they, that's been yeah. our you know both you and I have said the same thing. Like I, we we want Ham to be as tactical as possible, and if that literally means that he's assigning minutes based on exactly when a certain player is on the floor. You know, like la last series we said that Anthony Davis's minutes should mirror John ja Morant's minutes. Like whenever Ja is on the floor, Anthony yeah. Davis should be on the floor. And when he's not on the floor, then you can take him off and give him his rest. 
like this is a series also where it's like, okay, what are the three guard combinations that they're going to use? Is it Clay, Poole, and DiVincenzo, or is it Curry, Clay, and Poole? Like, depending yeah. on what that is, you have to be really tactical with the guys that you're going to be playing uh, on on the court. And um, you know, I I thought Ham coached a pretty clean game yesterday. Like, I know a lot of people oh, yeah. are probably like, oh we blew a 14 point lead, but I was like, you know, I don't know if that was really on him. I, that seemed like it was a little mm-hmm. bit more on our players missing point blank layups, like at the rim and then not running back on defense. Um, I thought he played, I, th- I thought that he coached like a wonderful game. Um, he, he didn't let them score more than twice before calling a timeout. If he thought that the game was like, if he thought like the, yeah. their shot quality was just too good. And he's just like, hold on, let me call timeout. Let these guys know that one of you is slacking on something or because these three shouldn't be wide open, this wide open. So it's just, um, did, did you, did you, were you okay with the Vando for D sub there? Or was like, or did that matter really? Do you think, or was that at, at the very end? Incon- yeah. Yeah. Do you think that was inconsequential? I think, so I think they cut it to eight. Yeah. I believe like clay got the, the three in transition and then obviously they were in a zone and mucked up our offense. And then we pulled, um, Vanderbilt for D So then we yeah. had Dennis, Dennis, D'Lo, Austin, LeBron, and AD against their Draymond at center lineup, right? Their small ball, we're just running. I think Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, Clay, and Steph. Um, what do you think of that final substitution there? Is that just like kind of in, you think that really didn't matter in the end, at the end of this? Well, well no, I, 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 when I thought about the logic of why he did that, I, I assume yeah. the reason why he did that was because um, the space. LeBron and AD weren't scoring. And maybe yeah. having another ball handler, having another shooter out there, at least even even functionally a floor spacer would have been able to like I know Delo shot a couple of times, but I don't think the calls were for him to shoot the ball. I think the Lakers were honestly freestyling their offense when they went to a zone. And like we talked about this in the regular season, like the Lakers freestyling their offense when Braun is less than what he normally is as an average player is not good because if he's not rolling, like even as an average player like things can go sour really, really fast. And I think he played D'Lo to hopefully bring some high, like obviously D'Lo airballed and then he made the shot and then we, we finished the game. Um, but my concern, I I don't have an issue with it. And I understand why he kept Dennis on the floor also, because Dennis is more of an offensive threat than Vando is. And they'll just, in a zone, they won't even look at Vando at all. Um, and, you know, end of game, it's a close game. Vando's probably not going to shoot the ball either. He's probably going to try and get it back to one of the star guys. So I don't know if I have an issue with it. I think the sub, the idea behind the substitution was correct. I think the execution by the players on the floor was not good <laughs> is what it was. Because, I mean, we had a play where LeBron got all the way to the rim and missed right. the point blank layup. I think Anthony Davis grabbed it and he was about to throw, you know, he was about to like, you know, have a putback or something like that, putback layup. And then he missed it too. And I was just like, all right, <laughs> We're gonna, what are we doing here, guys? That's when I thought we would lose. Like when I yeah. saw LeBron and AD both miss like bunnies, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh, this Warriors black magic just full crap <laughs> just started where like they're about to they're about to make everything. Steph's about to pull from half court and it's going to just bank in on some bullshit. Yeah. And like we're missing layups at the rim. That's, you know, when I thought it was over. It's interesting, though. So that to me, Wait, though, but like, you, you know, I who can't... came to save us, right? You know, who came to save us in those possessions, right? Draymond Green showing up in the clutch for us <laughs> and and shorting a point blank floater. Oh, thank God. And then he had a play where I think he drove for a layup 
and Braun and mm-hmm. AD like they did this like thing where like they, they like flinched at him like they were gonna like try yeah. to do something and he just missed it like he smoked that layup so bad and I was just like this guy is like he's so far in his head when it comes to playing against LeBron like I'm I'm I, when I saw that I was just like half of Warriors Twitter is gonna send him death threats or something because this dude was smoking layups all game but you know yeah, it worked you know, out funny. in our favor. What's funny is like players like Draymond, like I feel like they kind of become with the narrative. Like it's weird. They kind of follow the own narrative of their own, of like the play. Uh, And you know, this guy's not in our series, but like PJ Tucker, right? So like, he's kind of become what like people said he was. Yeah. And now he just doesn't shoot. And they were like on the broadcast, like it's been like 40, 37 minutes. He played last game. He didn't take a shot. I'm like, what? And And he's like boasting about it. You know what I mean? But like, that's very like, okay, that might be work in regular season, but like in the playoffs, yeah, you can be a defensive only guy. We gotta hit some corner threes. Um, so it's funny watching Draymond with that. But it's so weird how like our margin for error now is a lot higher, obviously, than it was with the new team. But it's still like if LeBron just can hit open jump shots, we may just like roll anything. He he went what nine for twenty four, I think. Yeah, but he went one for eight from three, right? And they are treating him like Ben Simmons, like not guarding him at all. And I just like I'm just laughing because. You know, you work so hard to build this team, and like, you know, you you got all the pieces. They fit really nicely. You're defending great. You've got like, you got everything going. You just need your superstar to hit open shots. Like, you need your superstar to hit open looks, and like, you can you can really do special things this year. But uh, like, I think that zone. Like, I don't think you can live in a zone for very long. Like, people yeah. are saying the Warriors gonna play a ton of zone. Like, that's that's not really conceivable. Like for an NBA right. team, most teams can. We'll we'll break that, and I trust. That the Lakers will, but I just think it's funny. LeBron was one for eight from three, and, and overall, I thought he had a pretty good, you know, offensive game. Besides that, um, but he's more like an off-ball guy now, where like you have to kind of be a threat to shoot uh, on the floor. So I'm hopeful that something goes. But I think he's like five for thirty-three or something from three in the last, you know, five you, games. You, <laughs> you've been updating this three-point stat every time we do a recording. It just amazes me. Like I, I. <laughs> And he so Vinay, he did this thing. He stepped in a little bit. So like yeah. his first shot was a long two, which again they they call the worst shot in basketball. But I like it a little bit. Like if the legs can't pull the three pointer, get the long two going, right? Like get and he took a couple of those and he made those last night. Um, I'm fine with that. Like at least we a threat from jump shooting range, um, because that opens up everything else. And he, you know you could tell it's frustrating him as well. But yeah, I just want to put that in there because I, I like that's really the gap to me. Like that. The step that like this team really needs to take is LeBron James making open jump shots like it's 2007. You know what I mean? Like where the Spurs are like, go ahead, take jump shots, and here we are. Or, in or, or even just even just league average. If you're gonna take three eight threes, oh, just yeah. take like three of them. Like it can't be one for eight because that that the not only was the D'Lo air ball like one of the times where I was like, oh god, we're screwed. I, oh, I the was LeBron sta- hold the ball. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I oh, I almost died right there. And the Lakers called an ISO. They called and I they called a one four flat and LeBron mm-hmm. matchup with Clay, and uh, and the Warriors lost like, like twenty games this way this year. But yeah, <laughs> and and the Warriors didn't even show on the elbows. They didn't even show on the they didn't show anywhere. They were literally attached to the four other guys that were on the court. I was like, this is as clean of a look as LeBron is going to get, like a one on one ISO mm-hmm. with with ten people on the court. And he dribbled, he dribbled. I was like, he's gonna drive left. Like I know he's gonna drive left. He's not gonna, he's not gonna do whatever he's about to do. And he settles for that, that you know, the sidestep three. And, yeah. and the, 
we won the game, so there's not too much to complain about. But this was like one of those things. It's just like when I saw it, I was just like, but why? Like I just looked at the, my my TV and I was just like, why? Like I get it. Your foot's not there. I I completely understand that. But why? Like why now? At, the, at no point in the game have you just wanted to take that shot. But why would you take that shot now? Why not just call for the screen? Call Austin to run that go screen with the guard, and then let him take that shot or D'Lo or yeah. Dennis, who whoever anybody else. You know, like and he's. My thing is this: like I know he he means well. You know, what I mean, like he's not taking that shot because like he's a narcissist and he just insists, oh, no. like he wants yeah. to prove a point that he can do it. But my thing is like. I know he's also hyper aware of the fact that he is bricking those shots at an alarming rate and he's got to stop taking them. And look, some of the threes that he took looked really nice coming out of his hand. He had a couple catches. Yeah, they threes. went in and out. Yeah. Yeah. That looked really good. So I'm not saying don't shoot threes. I'm just saying, and like you haven't made any. Like, I, and, and right. this is going to be like the Ron Artest thing. I already know it. If we, if we do get like to the finals, there's going to be a game where he hits one of these fucking shots and people are going to be like, you doubted LeBron. You need to apologize to him. It's like, no, bro. Like he's not been making these shots. He's got to stop taking step back threes on um, contested step back threes, like, uh, and, and, and whatnot. But sorry, I, I, I got off on a no, tangent on that because I, no, 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 I saw no. that and I was just like, bro, we're going to lose this game. He's going to keep doing this every time. But like everyone knew it was coming, right? Like everyone <laughs> knew, like that's the shot that was coming. Like, and, he, you know, we did we do this a lot. We were up what three? I think he liked a free throw as well, right? Because we, uh, he got fouled or something when we were up two, and I was like, just split these, and he and he did split them. You know, that's where the bar has gone for when they go to the line. I'm like, just split it, and he did. Um, but yeah, like I think his jump shooting is like will be key in this series. The the Warriors yeah. are gonna continue to, uh, really pack the paint. I think they're going to be even more extreme in that. And look, Austin and Dilo can carry as much as they can. Um, but you know, you give your, you give your stars a 14 point lead in like a fourth quarter of a playoff game. That's when they take it home. Like that's when they're supposed to take it home. You get a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter with six minutes left. Um, they should take it home, but I think it's just interesting. And I think there's other things we can do. I love him as a screener. I thought that really opened stuff up, especially when they go super small. I think him screening for D'Lo and Austin is, is something we can work with. We had a few like double drag actions, so that I think is is tougher for them to cover. They don't like to switch Steph in, in those plays, but yeah, yeah, I think I think LeBron's jump shooting will be so yeah. interesting. And let me ask you this, because I think uh, I think we said this on the preview as well, but like obviously Dylan Brooks got all these jokes, you yeah. know, as I guess deserved or not, whatever, uh, however that works. Um, but I think like he has a little bit more in his back pocket than like Andrew Wiggins. I think like. I think LeBron can at least post up Wiggins a little bit more than yeah. he could in the last series. Um, and he got a few post ups where like he got right to the front of the rim and just laid yeah. it in. And then there's other ones. We went to this Vando Wenyon lineup where he kind of just forced like pocket passes and they they were turned over. Do you agree? I think this is a post up LeBron series. Sure. Like I think this is a series where like he can really punish at the rim because they're not going to leave ad they're, they're scared of the offensive rebounding plus ad is a lob threat they're going yeah. to stay at home with him but i think there's like real offensive ch advantages for him to like work through the post and not have to like we talked about just like isolate against andrew wiggins 35 feet in, away from the basket because that's where he's he's good at andrew wiggins is really good at slapping the ball away he's going to move yeah. his feet extremely athletic so he's going to elevate with you in the post, at least LeBron can kind of bully ball him. So um, do you agree with that? Like that's kind of where he can get his offense from? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I feel like we, we probably would, haven't seen it as much as we'd like to because they've been running Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney um, together. Mm -hmm. 
especially in those starting lineups. But I bet I, I would be a betting man that um, I'd put money on if they go to that smaller lineup. And we're going to talk about what adjustments we think both teams are going to make. But if the Warriors play smaller, um, which they mm-hmm. did in the finals last, uh, and it was one of the things I thought that they would do, like they may take Looney out of the starting lineup and start Draymond because they've done it against us in the regular season before for the sole purpose of trying to speed the game up. They like, I don't know if Looney was hurt or what it was, but they would run huh. a lineup where it was like Steph, Clay, and Poole. I don't know right. who the fourth guy was. It wasn't Wiggins, it might have been. I forget. It might have been Kaminga at the time, and then they played. Uh, they played Draymond at the five, and the entire point of that lineup is to get the ball out as quickly as possible, so one of those three guys can get like basically an open shot, an open three in transition. Um, if they do that, and I, I think they will, they'll have a lineup combination that that has that on there because they've done it before. Um, if they do that, that is the lineup where I would like to see like LeBron really dominate in the paint. Like, because you know, AD is going to get the attention he gets because he's just the biggest dude on the floor. But LeBron can really pick on, you know, Clay Thompson or Jordan Poole in the post if he wants to start uh, matchup mismatch hunting. Yeah, it's interesting. When they went small, I didn't realize they went to like a four guard lineup with that, right? Because they don't have many, like they're not, they don't trust Jonathan Kaminga for some reason. He played great against us in the home game, but he's just in Kerr's. Yeah, uh, Jamichael Green got minutes against us. Surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, Jamichael Green yeah. and hit two threes. He had two threes in five minutes and was a minus five. How do you do that? How does, <laughs> how does that even, I'm not sure how that even works mathematically. Um, but yeah, yeah like advanced so stats, baby, plus minus. Yeah, yeah, analytics. Um, but like you know, so he does. He's not playing Kaminga, and they had this lineup. I think it was like it was Draymond at the five, like Divincenzo, Moody, Clay, and Poole. I'm like, wow, that is really small. And I think if they go small, like I think that's where we go big. Like you know, I'm mean? like we we stay big and we you know we attack them force with sk- force versus skill. Um, and yeah, I think that's a place LeBron can really get attacking, and that's a lot of work for Draymond to like keep AD off the glass and then also protect the rim against LeBron. And I think that's where we can really get going. So I, yeah, I think that's an adjustment that they'll make for sure. They're definitely going to go most, more small ball, probably more on ball stuff. I know we'll get to that, but um, I think the Lakers, you know, I don't game two is probably going to be more golden state heavy. That's just kind of what happens when you win game one. I'm just, I'm so fascinated by this series because I think a lot of stuff in a, went the Warriors way like they had 21 threes um in that game obviously we you know we destroyed the free throw advantage I don't think it's going to be that big of a disparity in game two but I I do think that we're going to have an advantage there we also I think shot 24 percent from three um so yeah I'm 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 fascinated how how this series moves forward yeah it 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 was um I I think I saw that up and down my timeline from Warrior folks like you know all these statistical categories that they won as a team where they had mm-hmm. huge pluses and like the only thing the Lakers had was like free throws and that was the biggest difference. And, you know, I, I think it's a little misleading. I know you've, I've, I'm sure you've seen it like Laker fans, Warrior fans arguing about like the free throw disparity. It's like, well, you guys shot 53 threes, which is a ton of threes <laughs> to shoot. Like you're not getting fouled on all those threes. Yeah. Um, especially when they're wide open and you're making all of them. Like it's very hard <laughs> to shoot free throws when you're making a ton of threes. So it's like, is this bad or is this good? Um, right. That the you know, so we we talked offline about what we think the adjustments are going to be. Oh, sorry. Before I get into adjustments, one one last guy I wanted to talk about um, as uh, positive. You know, I, I, this is a theme I think it's going to carry on within the series. Vando was fantastic Ooh. defensively. Yes. 
And I want people, and, and one thing I, I just want to point out is um, like screen navigation. When we talk about navigating screens, there's a lot to screen navigation other than just like avoiding the contact or getting skinny yes. or anticipating and stuff like that. One of those things, like one of the things that's a part of, you know, we talk about like rebounding motor, rim pressure motor. That's two, those are two different things. Like mm. people who love to attack the rim may not also have the propensity to, to be active rebounders, especially when they're guards. Like Dennis is, loves to go to the rim. That's, that's his motor. He loves going to the rim. But Dennis isn't some outstanding rebounding guard. You know what I mean? Like that's not his thing, even though he loves to live in the paint. Um, when it comes to screen navigation, motor is an element of screen navigation. And Vando at his size may not be the best at shedding screens. Meaning if you, you yeah. know, Kevon Looney delivers a good angle on a screen, Vando's going to get buried by it. And it's know? moving, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going he's gonna to get buried by it. Yeah. <laughs> you just reminded me, like, Draymond, Draymond trying to tell the, when he got oh, the technical, man. him trying to tell the ref. He's just like, oh, he, like, you can see he's motioning, like, he's moving. Like, I'm sure the ref is just sitting there. He's like, come on, dude. Like, you're telling me, like, he's, like, come on. Yeah. And just props to the ref for not laughing. Cause if I was a ref, I probably would have started laughing if he was trying to explain that to me. Um, but like, there's a level of motor that's also required. Like, you got to eat. Mm. Like, <clears throat> if Steph is taking two screens, to get an open shot, that's the design of the play. If it starts in one corner and ends on another corner, then he might get past one screen really nicely and cleanly and then get hammered on the second one. But it's still, you know, because he has a great motor, he's still following all the way through because maybe, you know, Anthony Davis is taking away a passing angle. And so it's it's a slightly, you know, it delays the pass that actually gets to Steph once he gets to his spot. And by then, Vando's already closed out on him or he's closing out on him um, and, and contesting that shot. Or changing his decision making on that, like that is a very underrated aspect of defense that people do not appreciate in the NBA. People don't even appreciate defense in general in the NBA, but that is such a small part of. Or it's not sorry. It's it's such an important part of being a great defender. There's no theatrics with it. There's nothing. It's just literally you're watching this guy chase people around. And we saw Austin Reeves do it with Clay. You know, even though Clay was making shots, Austin just kept running. Just keep running with him. Keep yeah. running with him. Same thing with Dennis. Just keep running with him. We know that they're going to make shots. They're too good of shooters for them to to keep missing um, at, a, at a high volume. But they'll eventually miss at some point. And, like, you have to make them keep running. And I thought Vando had did, did a phenomenal job. Even outside of the deflections and the steals that he may have gotten off of Steph's passes, I thought he did a phenomenal job just staying with him. Like yeah, there were there were plays where Draymond would typically throw a pass in front of Steph to set him up for the layup, and Draymond wouldn't throw that pass because he didn't know. Like, because even Steph was like, "Should I make this cut because mm -hmm. Vando might might you know jump this pass the passing lane?" And that only happens if you have the motor and like the stickiness to want to stay next to to that guy. So I, I just want to call that out because, like. I can I can I can DM you and be like, bro, watch Vando on these plays. Like, watch how he's yeah. chasing these guys around. And if you laser focus on just him chasing guys around, you'll be amazed at the, like the level of athleticism that's required and the motor that's required. Because Steph is insane, bro. Like, he will run for Nuts. 23 yeah. seconds and still get a shot off. And you have to have a guy who's willing to do that with him. And Vando did it for for a lot of that game.
Yeah, and the, you know they said on the broadcast that he asked for this matchup, right? They said like he was he he went to Darvin Ham and said I want Steph Curry, whether that happened or not, who knows? But like that's a, that's you know that's what they you know said on the broadcast. But yeah, like his ability to it. So he only played 26 minutes. It felt like he was out there for every Steph minute though, which I think is a compliment to him. Like it felt like he was on Steph the whole time, and he had the ball denial. Uh, on him and just picking up full court and making sure he knows like I'm there the whole time like again he's not gonna you you went into this really nicely like he's gonna get hit on a few screens but to me Vinay like just pushing on your points there his relationship with Anthony Davis like defensively I think like so I, I tweeted this earlier today but like we don't really think about pairings in terms of defense, right? Like we, we think of it more on the offensive end, two guys who can create their own shot. And defensively, when we think about it, we usually do it in terms of like two wing stoppers, right? Like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kawhi and PG, et cetera. Like, oh, they have two wings they can throw on your best players. Um, but we don't think about from like a pick and roll or like a screen defense. And they are like gaining more and more data every like on actions every single game. Like their relationship of like, if I'm pressuring, you're back. Or if I'm back, you're up. And, like, stuff like that. And there was a, there were so many plays where, like, uh, even when Vando was switched on to Clay one time, he, like, ran and chased Clay. And then AD was, like, just enough. AD has, like, the exact length of his arms to, like, dissuade the shot for, like, just a sec to make Clay think about it. And Vando's, like, right back there. Like, you know, he's, like, he's recovered right back into the play. And those two, to me, have just been dominant defensively as a pairing since they've been here. And I just... I love that we can deploy him. I I asked for the Vanderbilt matchup. You predicted that it would happen. Oh, yeah. I thought he would. I thought he would throw Austin on him. I wanted yeah. Vanderbilt on him, and uh, I'm so glad that Darwin went to it. First play of the game. Coaches don't like. They usually don't throw their best guy on the. Like sometimes you're like, dude, why is that guy defending him? Like it's the playoffs, but like usually coaches will like wait. I'm glad that Darwin's like no. Like I think the Warriors won the tip, and Vanderbilt's like right there in front of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the first play. Um. So no, him chasing around and him having the motor to do it. Like and I think we talked about this on the preview. That's his only role. Like he had, yeah. you know, he had a corner three tonight. I see the comments here on the YouTube saying I should stop telling him to stop shooting threes. <laughs> it's a bad. It, it's still a bad process to me. I'm sorry. I'm glad he hit one. Um, but like his only role is to chase around Steph Curry or or to defend. And you know, Vando, yeah. if you can make some plays in transition, it'd be appreciated. You know, if you can finish a couple of those, but. Like his only job is that, and there's nothing else for him to focus on. And I think that's just, uh, that's such a luxury to have um, in your starting lineup. And that's just, he's just so versatile as a defender. We threw him on John Morant, Luka Doncic, Brandon Ingram, and now the test of all tests to me, um, Steph Curry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was phenomenal, you know, but the Lakers did have some issues here and there, like when it came mm -hmm. to, to their coverage. So it, it wasn't all, um, you know, amazing and, yeah. and fantastic for all 48 minutes um there were situations uh worthy mentions in, in the youtube chat like you know troy kept shooting gaps he was gambling <laughs> a little bit on on the angles you know and some yeah. of it's also he just he kind of got phased out of the last game of the memphis series and then now he's getting thrust back into a brand new series with a, a brand new team so you know it, it, there's a little bit of um difficulty with that and um you know i think he'll get better troy's troy has actually been one of our very steady role players throughout the entire regular season too as well um troy i think he had, he had a big three i want to say uh yes huge at, corner three mm -hmm. uh, a corner three when the game was tight so that was also and i think that was one of the threes that helped build the 10 point lead to begin with um mm -hmm. uh before in in the third quarter so it's like you know obviously these are role players so it's like you gotta take the good with the bad too to some degree um and uh 
but, but I think they'll improve. The, hopefully they cut some tape. They're like, look, don't take these angles. Just stay right on his hip. Just trail him. Don't worry. Anthony Davis will help you out or whoever it is that's in that, in that vicinity will help you out. I think, I think there's a lot of good defensive tape that they can see and be like, okay, I know where to help you now based on how you're chasing him around and what this guy is trying to do. And I think that that'll be good for the next game. Uh, yeah. So like really quick on Troy, I've seen that as well. You know, he obviously tried to shoot some gaps, but obviously uh, Troy being a role player, not just that he plays super hard to me. And also the Warriors are so unique, Vinaya, which is why I'm like winning game one to me was so huge. They're a team you have to adjust to playing to, especially when you just played Memphis, right? Like I know Troy didn't play the latter half of that series, but just in general, their team, they're the only team in the league where really where like you mess up just a tad, like you, you, you mess up just for a second and it's over. Steph and Clay read those read those screen actions better than anyone in the league. They fade it when they're supposed to. You know, they they curl it when they're supposed to. Like they know exactly how to come off to be open. And I thought, you know, Troy messed up a few times, but I he played his like I thought he played super hard. I thought he chased Clay as much as you could. Again, he cheated some of the times trying to shoot the gap, but that's really hard instinctually to like like, oh, I have this steal right here. And then when you don't get it, obviously, Clay curls for an open shot. But I just want to throw that in there because I think you're right. I think you'll get – where is our team? You kind of get used to playing a little bit later. Like, as the series goes on, their motion offense becomes less and less, um, like, destructive to you. You're able to stay with their shoot a yeah. little bit more. And I thought even, in, like, later in that game, they kind of scrapped the motion stuff. They're like, here, Steph, like, you just have the ball. So I think that's a precursor to what the series will be. But – yeah, I just want to throw that in there with Troy. He's got to be better, of course. He's got to chase correctly. He shot the gaps way too much, but I was thinking that's an adjustment for a guy like him to make. Uh, yeah. Guarding Clay, guarding Clay is like that's a, that's a really tough, you know, jump from like who he was defending before in like second units against Memphis. Yeah, and and like a, a good example of somebody who may probably struggled with playing a team like the Warriors because he's too unfamiliar with their south plays was, was Rui. Like Rui had a couple of yeah. nice offensive plays. But he had a play on defense where he was playing way, way off of Draymond, but he just allowed Draymond to easily set up the DHO. Um, I think for Clay mm-hmm. or Steph, I can't remember, or it might have been Poole, I, one of those three. It's, it's always one of those three. Like it, one of them <laughs> for a DHO, and he was playing too far back and mm-hmm. made it too easy for the guy to get a super clean look. And I I think Ham pulled him and then was like, okay, like we can't risk these kind of small areas. So, you know, like I would imagine Rui's going to be one of the guys who's probably sitting with one of the assistant coaches saying, look, you can play off of Draymond, but you can't play this far off of Draymond because you're basically telegraphing what their offense is going to be for him, and they can just run pitch and catch with with that DHO action. Um, so, you know, like I said, it, it, we had some good. We had some bad. Um, we had some mm-hmm. absolute craziness towards the end of that game, uh, but the Lakers came out with a win, and both yeah. of these teams need to make adjustments. Um, what is the first adjustment you would say that the Lakers should definitely look into uh, making uh, in in game two yeah so it's interesting usually like the winning team doesn't make too many adjustments you know what i mean like mostly when you win a coach it kind of waits for you um to adjust to them i think for sure we're gonna have to i don't think the three-point discrepancy can be as it was i don't think you can you know shoot as little as we did um and i think one adjustment is to try to get lebron some better looks i think that's that's going to be key in this series I think I don't think you can rely on you know D'Lo and Austin to always carry you. So I think getting LeBron some easier looks. I talked about it earlier. Getting him in the post. I think that's a great way for him to attack, be aggressive, and not have so much mileage to where he has to attack Andrew Wiggins in isolation. Um, and then again, try to keep AD involved as well in those screens. Try to keep him keep him going and 
But yeah, I think we're gonna have to adjust to that, you know, that small ball and like kind of have them make a decision there how we play um, against that. They're gonna speed the game up, and you know, I, I think we have to try to stay focused on not trying to match their small with our small because I think I think that's when you get in trouble with Golden State. You're not gonna be able to shoot like them. You're not gonna win a like a barn burner run running back and forth against yeah. them. You have to kind of play your style and low possession game. I think really favors us. Low possession, slow style, no transition for them, run back every time. And our transition defense, definitely. I thought that's where they got most of their stuff. If you watch the clay threes, a lot of that was in transition. Jordan Poole hit some prayers. I mean, like, just absolutely fleeing some. The four-point play, I messaged you this. Like, the four-point <laughs> yeah. play he shot, like, it didn't Kicked even. His leg out. Yeah, like, he was looking to draw. He, I don't even think he was, like, trying to make that shot. It looked like he was just trying to get the foul on that play. And it went in, but like you know, that's when he did that. The you know he was kind of messing around with Dilo after that, after the the, the foul or whatever. But um, but dude, like some of his shot selection was like, what are you like? What I don't understand some of these shots that you're taking. Like, where in your mind do you think? You know, obviously at the end of the game, like he took a super long three with like ten seconds left on the clock, and I was just like, this couldn't like this couldn't possibly have been like. You, yeah, that you thought that this is the D shot to take, considering Steph was at like pretty much on fire, like towards the end of the game. Um, you know, it, it's just it was just strange, but uh, I think you're right. Um, the they can't they can't be baited into you know, the same way Kerr, I would say, like the one knock on Kerr, and again, I messaged you this like Kerr took the bait, like he started, mm -hmm. he started trying to ISO D with Wiggins to start that third quarter, and I tweeted it out, yeah, I said. Steph went seven minutes that first shift in the third quarter. He went seven minutes and attempted only two shots. And by the time he went to go sub out, they were down 10. They lost yeah. those minutes that by that much. And I was just like, that by itself probably cost you the game because I don't know if it was a play call and they were like, okay, run this, you know, Wiggins start targeting D'Lo or whatever it was. But um, I mean, you just basically wasted the time of the best player on on your team on the floor, but and you gave it to Wiggins instead. When those shots would probably be going to Wiggins, like you know when Steph is off the floor, uh, yeah. and, you, and you want to run some actions uh, for for Wiggins. And so, um, like we, that was them taking our bait. Play play mm -hmm. us, play the Lakers ISO basketball because we have guys that we trust in isolation exactly. and, and backside protection, and and go away from your motion offense because because that's hell to guard to begin with. So that worked out for the Lakers in the third quarter, but we can't fall into their trap. They run a zone. Right. We can't start chucking threes. And I think you're, you're right. Like it can't, we can't just downsize for the sake of downsizing. It has to be tact tactical, like downsizing. Like we're, if we're downsizing to guard Steph and Cl or Steph and pool, because they're the ones who are doing all the DHO stuff that then you downsize for those two guys, but don't also downsize just to guard clay when Clay's just going to be standing around the entire time, you know, waiting yeah. for maybe a three to come up because he's not going to get his number goal. So I think there's there's a there's a part of it where you're right, like the trade off is not worth it. You know, just be really smart with what the assignments are supposed to be. Right, and so also obviously AD can't play 44 minutes a game like that. I don't think that's going to happen throughout the series. Um, but I like the Wenyan. So we actually won the non AD minutes. Strangely, so the one game we actually win the non AD minutes, we don't go back to it. We just play AD the whole fourth quarter. Um, but I'll ask you this, our, you know, so that second unit, we went no Malik Beasley into the rotation, which I think both of us were, uh, were yeah. right? well, I mean, we, no. we said one of one of Troy or Malik was going to get right. cut out of the rotation. Cause they're going to, cause when made more sense to play 
um, mm-hmm. just for the defensive purpose. Yeah, so our second unit, we went to this Rui LeBron Winion and like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, Rui, it's not, I don't know if it's Rui, but it was Vando LeBron Winion. I think Rui got a really short shit, but I like that. Like, lean defense in the non AD minutes, and you're really just trying to survive those. And we played really well. Winion got some putbacks or, you know, got some uh, baskets, I think, at the rim. LeBron was trying to like find them on the roll, but I thought, you know, we really uh, defended well. Um, but is that like, I guess, your route to getting AD less minutes? Is just Winion playing in that spot, I guess, even in this series and where we're kind of predicting them to go small a little bit, but would you move to that Rui LeBron, you know, front court, or do you like the like LeBron with Wenyan out there um, with Rui or Vando? Uh, yeah. To, I, like, I, spell AD? Yeah. I, I really like the, so they, they played Jamichael a little bit to try and space the floor out too. I think during mm-hmm. those lineups, I wanted to, I don't remember if they overlap, but no, I, I do like that because if they downsize further, there, there's this thing that like, um, so the Warriors have this really bad habit of over committing to the driver. And if that driver mm. is like a, uh, like somebody like LeBron James, they commit, they overcommit way too much. Um, th- I watched them do this with Malik Monk uh, and De'Aaron Fox drives in their King series. Mm. And the only reason I think the Kings didn't exploit it enough was because both of those guys were looking to score. They weren't looking to set up their teammates. And Sabonis was like not Sabonis, like nowhere oh my in the. God. He was nowhere in the vicinity for them to like even drop passes off to him, and he was just or even when he, or even when they would, he just missed every. Yeah. I swear he didn't make a jump hook this series. Yeah, I don't he, think he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was he was terrible overall. But the Warriors have a they have a bad habit. They're two defensive guys in those bench units. They're usually Draymond and Gary Payton, and yeah. both of them have a very bad habit of overselling out defensively when somebody drives. And like if you watch them play defense. More often than not, every single time somebody drives, it, it's Peyton and Draymond. They're just like fully like jumping, full full jump, trying to block mm. the shot or steal it or whatever it is. And I think if you keep Wenyan on the floor, A, the offensive rebounding is there because now there's nobody offensive rebounding at all. Um, and he's a great yeah. offensive rebounder, yeah. And then, and then the other thing is also if that's a LeBron doing those drives, now you have Wenyan who has good hands to yeah. that he can dump it off to. Because they're not going to want LeBron taking layups at the at the rim, Draymond's not going to do it, and Gary Payton like he likes to gamble in, with, with those kind of plays. He wants like the highlight block or whatever all the time, and like that, like you can flip that. You can flip that over aggression on itself. So if they want to stay big and they want to keep the discipline of we're going to get shots in the paint, even if you downsize, we're not going to turn this into a shootout. That's how you turn the tables on them. Get LeBron going downhill. Um, mm-hmm. don't, you know, you said it earlier perfectly. Like we have to get LeBron better shots. No better way to get LeBron better shots and better opportunities. Get him downhill. Have Wendy come up, run the screen. We know Draymond isn't going to step up. He's just going to stand in the middle of the paint. Make it a two on one. Make Draymond have to defend Wendy in the roller and LeBron going to the rim. And if you do that, I'm pretty sure good things will happen. You know, um, even, even with a compromise LeBron. And so, um, it's, it's just, is this, a, hope, is this a Le- yeah. is this a is this a LeBron mismatch hunt series to you? I, I for those bench units, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think he was trying to do it, but because we were playing Vando and he like Bron mm. had like two or three turnovers just trying to squeeze it to Vando. Yeah, those pocket passes, he keeps trying yeah. it. And it's like Vando and Wenyon in the paint. There's just yeah. no room there that you're gonna get that through. Yeah, and I think those possessions, if it was Rui in those possessions, Rui's probably standing in some open area, wide open, like mm, in the mid-range yeah. or somewhere, and LeBron's probably finding him for for open looks. Uh, so those turnovers would be like shot attempts. Whether they go in or not, mm-hmm. we don't know. But um, I think just because 
a hand substitution pattern. That's what LeBron was going with. But that, like, remember, like, there's two basketball is much more complex. You don't just drive sure. for the sake of shooting. You drive to set up your teammates. Sometimes people just drive oh, yeah. just for that purpose. And Braun is ultra ultra IQ. Like he knows that if I post 100%. this guy up, somebody is going to come to help and there's going to be a slip cut or whatever it is. And so um I for those bench lineups, for sure. Like he should absolutely mm-hmm. match up unless somebody's rolling. You know what I mean? Like if Dennis is rolling, let Dennis do it. You know what I mean? Like, or if it's Rui or if it's somebody else, let them let them keep rolling. But he should absolutely match up hunt, especially if they downsize. Like, there's nobody that's probably better at knowing exactly what needs to be done to get a quality shot uh, they, than LeBron. They really don't have a choice but to down. Like, they they're not even playing their size players other than really Jermichael Green, who played backup center a little bit for them as well. Just to, it was really just to pull AD out, right? And and, and Jermichael Green again, like I said earlier, hit two threes. Was two for four. Was somehow a minus five in a short stint. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think. The number one reason I like it, especially in those second units, I think in the starters, it's tough. I, you know, I think we can get – the mismatch hunting kind of takes too long sometimes, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, that's like, the only issue right now, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if that's our screening angles or what it is, but, like, it, the, the switch is just not coming in the way that usually is. And Golden State's very good at this. Throughout their whole dynastic run, they don't give up switches very easily. They're very used to being able to, like, cover at least for one person. They, you know, right, Steph doesn't really switch as often. They're very good at helping and recovering. You'll even see this before a switch – before even the screen happens, Steph will be, like, motioning, like, to get his guys into the correct – rotation play so that he can recover back to who he was guarding uh but i like it because it, it doesn't take as much wear and tear on lebron they're going to send to whether that's jordan Poole, gp2 i think that's a little tougher to do too i think he's a better defender um but funny with gp2 it kind of allows us to roam it gives us a roamer to like you know to to position on the floor i think that's an interesting chess match as well we we forced gp2 to take two threes that we were more than happy let um, inclined a ton, ton of possessions ton of possessions completely went to hell for the warriors just off the strength of two non-shoot like them playing gp2 yeah. and, and we talked about this them playing gp2 and draymond together to not only two guys that don't can't with looney sorry, sometimes can't, but, yeah, yeah can't shoot they don't shoot the ball and they're literally playing so far off of them and looking at the other three guys that it's like but that's why i'm like i'm positive dude like the Kerr is probably going to look at this and be like, I can, like, if I'm going to play non shooters on the floor, it can't be like for long stretches of minutes unless we have like a huge lead. And it has to be very, very specific. Like, it can't be just, it can't be like, oh, my normal rotation is to play 15 minutes of Draymond and Peyton together. That's not going to work. But because that's the, the Lakers, catch. Can, Lakers can do the same thing. We can be like, okay, we're going to play Dennis, non shooter, Wenyan, non shooter, Vando, non shooter. But Dennis can get to the rim. Like, Dennis can score. And when it has touch around the rim, there's, there's a huge difference. Well, the catch to that is like, if they don't do that, where do they go? Right. And right. I think that's yeah. the interesting thing that I'm thinking about, because if not, then it's like that lineup I talked about earlier. It was Draymond with like four guards. I know Moses Moody plays up. I still think of him as more of like maybe wing. You want to give him wing. That's fine. Yeah. But it was Moody, Clay, Poole, DiVincenzo with Draymond. And that, like, that's a real lineup that they use throughout the game. And, and they try to push the pace with that in their second unit. And to me, that's a lot of guys where LeBron can just be like, hey, come here, screen for me. I'm putting you in the, I'm, I'm bodying you in the post. Um, you know, maybe I can hit a dump off past the Winion or Vando's cutting or we get offensive rebounds and really spell, again, the non-AD minutes, I'm just trying to break even really like in those, like tie, you know, whatever it is. Um, if you can increase the league, great. 
Um, so yeah, I think I think that's kind of where we go with that. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. But let's get let's get into the the small ball because I think yeah, is that a place that we have to adjust a lot? So I think Draymond at center is what everybody's screaming about. I honestly don't think that's what they start with. I highly doubt Steve Kerr starts game two with one of Looney or Draymond on the bench in the King series. I think he waited till game. Well, obviously this is different. Dr- Draymond got suspended game two and game three. He got suspended. Sorry. Game he got three. suspended game three and then he came off the bench game four. I think game he four. eventually made it back into the starting he lineup did. in game seven. I think by games. Yeah. Game six. It was, I think he was back in the start. I don't remember, but you're right. Yeah. He, he eventually did start um, the, he 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 went back into the starting lineup. I think by halftime of one of the games. Yeah, forgot yeah, what it was. Right. Yeah, they started Draymond and Looney together. But yeah, is that a place like we have to? Again, the playoffs are about who can adjust to who. Is that a place we have to adjust anything? So that's a just putting the context out there. There's Draymond, um, Wiggins, Clay, Poole, and Steph. Is that something no. we have to adjust anything that we're doing? I I don't think anything adjusts. See, because. Because what's going to happen with that? What's going to? I'm just trying to remember exactly what they would run when they were playing the Celtics and they tried to run that lineup. Like they they want to when they run that lineup, they want to run high pick and roll, like high pick and roll, like almost half court pick mm. and roll to get Steph. Yeah, basically that thirty footer, which is like automatic for him if nobody's in front of him, with the goal to the goal of getting Anthony Davis to come all the way out. The problem is, is that as crazy as it sounds, when you do a high, like if I'm the coach, like I don't know if this is the right thing, so don't, you know, don't hold me to it. But like, if you're running a high pick and roll that high up, it's actually okay for Vando to go underneath the screen because he's still so high up because Draymond is not a scoring threat. He's not a threat to do anything with the ball. So they're playing four on five. Definitely. Yes. So uh. you're always playing four on five. So the reason why I used to work with Boston is because they would run that high pick and roll. They would run it like right so that as Steph came off of that screen, it, he would be like right at the three point line. Mm-hmm. But if you have to run that farther away, just because of the strength of, you know, AD, let's say AD plays that a little bit higher, right? He's, he's playing it at the free throw line instead of being all the way in drop. Like there's this, this we talked about in the last space or the last recording. You still have a six six eight guy handing off Steph to a six ten guy, six eleven guy, and Anthony Davis, and you're not losing anything. Like they can just switch it, and you still yeah. have LeBron on the backside helping rebound. You still have Vando on the backside. That means that now what you've done is now it's Vando versus Draymond rebounding the ball. AD is out on an island. Let's just say AD is out on an island by himself against Steph. And you still have LeBron on the backside too, as well. So Steph has to get by AD, um, and he may do that. Steph is world class player, so he can definitely do that. It's not like uncommon, or he's got to shoot over AD, which he can do too, as well. I'm not going to say he can, mm-hmm. but again, now now the game has become Steph isos. Clay's not touching the ball. Jordan's not touching the ball. Draymond's not doing any short action. There's no rhythm to the game. It's just Steph. Does that take out his? You know. Does the game of attrition start working against Steph in the fourth quarter? So it's like there's a give and take with everything. They can try it, and it, and I'm sure it'll be successful, like to some degree. But at the same time, if it takes because you've run that lineup to get Steph those looks, if it's really easy for AD to get a bunch of lobs and dunks at the rim on the other end, is it worth it? Is the shot quality the difference in effort when it comes to getting the shots that you want? 
if you're having to do yeah. a lot and we have to do a little, that has to count for something. So yeah, that's where I think I'm going with this. And you know, so I've seen most people like that's the adjustment, right? Is put stuff on the ball, like where scrap all that motion crap. And they did this later in the King series as well, but they just scrapped all the motion stuff and said, here's Steph pick it high pick and roll. And obviously game seven against the Kings masterful performance. I think he shot like 38 times. Most unreal, shot unreal. ever. Yeah. Right. 38 or 28. I forgot what it was, but like, it was like the most shots he's ever taken in a, in a, in a playoff game or something like that. He was unreal. I think that's the Warriors adjusting to us, though. Like, right, like, like, just conceptually, like they they're not doing what they do, right? What they do is Clay and Steph split split cuts, Jordan Poole flying off, you know, screens. If they're just scrapping that, we're like, look, we can't score on their half court defense. We have to go to Steph high pick and roll. I think that kind of plays into our defense, and I think that's where Vando and AD can really sink their teeth in, right? Because that's where you can like really hone in on them. And like you talked about, doesn't get Clay going, doesn't get Jordan Poole going it's Steph attrition a ton of shots uh for him all those like step back threes Renee we took away the paint like took away the paint if you watch that King series the Warriors got to the rim a ton that's where they that's where they killed them honestly the threes were kind of magnified but like Steph being able to get to the paint on the Kings was kind of what killed them I was going to take away the paint in game one and I don't think you know we're going to remove that as you know as much as we did in game one, but like just being able to have a guy who just takes away them from even wanting to drive Wiggins pump faking three times, Draymond green, not even looking at the rim in a lot of cases on good possessions. Um, so like, I think that's where we can really sink our teeth in on defense, but I think that's really fascinating. Like where, where they go with it. I, I don't think they'll scrap all this stuff right away, but I think that's where this is moving though. It's going to be Steph just being like, just give me the ball. Like I'm working too hard to For like sure. run away from Vando every possession to try to get the ball. And this leads to like Steph Clay and pool lineups are like a lot of Jordan pool gets, gets like thrown into that. Right. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, want a game. I was going to say like the, the one adjustment, the other adjustment that yeah. they can make is they just put LeBron on Draymond and they have AD yeah. still st like, so now AD is still waiting in the paint. So now you're, Vando is handing Steph off to LeBron on a switch. Now if Steph wants to, so now he's got to either score over LeBron or if he drives, yeah. AD is waiting there. And behaviorally, if I'm an assistant coach, if I'm a defensive assistant coach, you could pretty much earmark that if Steph doesn't take the shot over AD, that pass is going to that corner, wherever Andrew Wiggins is standing, right? Exactly. Which means that I can have a preset rotation defensively and I can tell Vando, Vando, the moment that this ball is gone and Steph start driving the lane, we're going to have Austin or whoever it is run to the corner to cover for that pass that's going to be to Wiggins, and you just go pick up whoever's standing on the wing because we did that against the Houston Rockets, and James Harden and Dan Tony had no clue how to beat a preset like a pre-rotation to, mm -hmm. to that double team that they were seeing. No reason we can't do that with this team. I don't know if it'll work, but yeah, it's there's options that are there. It's not like oh, on-ball stuff, now the Lakers are screwed. They're, they can't do anything to stop it. Like That's not how basketball works. Also, like, there's a reason they don't do that every game, right? Like, Steve Kerr wants to win every game, I promise you. Like, that's he's not he's not waiting to throw this out as, like, you know, some like, – like, this may be something he's keeping in the holster for le later, but I do think, like, there's a reason they don't do that because that really doesn't involve everyone else. Like, what is Draymond doing, right? He's just a screener, I guess. And then – but that takes away all their four-on-three situations, like, all that stuff. 
they didn't get that many much of that in game one. You know, against the Kings, they got a ton of four on three where, you know, the short roll, because the Kings just sold out. They kind of gave up after a little while and just like we're trapping the ball screen. We didn't do that, which is really – I'm glad we never fell for the – no matter how many threes, contested threes went down, we never fell for the, all right, full-out blitz because that's what the Warriors want. When you blitz Steph, now you're in their wheelhouse. Now the – pocket passed or you know uh throw over the top to looney or draymond and it's a lob for looney or a, you know a kick out for clay in the corner but we never did that our you know we kept the integrity of our defense we're like look if you're gonna take if you're gonna get contested threes over anthony davis's long arms reaching out well you know we'll, we'll kind of take you know we'll kind of take what that gives you but yeah that's why it's so interesting to me like where they go um in game two i think they're going to play more i think lebron was kind of okay with kind of giving Andrew Wiggins like a little opening right as well. Wiggins has not shot well, I think, in the playoffs. He's now, what, he's uh, two for his last 13 from three. Um, so he's really struggled from downtown. So I think that's a guy that they'll kind of, if you're going to pick out of that lineup, obviously Draymond's not going to shoot. Um, so it'd be, you know, Steph, Poole, or, you know, Clay. I think Wiggins is the guy you kind of have to live with him taking semi-contested threes. But yeah, I'm interested where the answers come from here because I think, you know, we've, we found a lot of stuff and there's still a lot of margin where we can kind of work with. We didn't play a perfect game one. There's a, there's a lot of stuff to still, a lot of meat on the bone still to, to work with. Yeah, I think I think for sure you're going to see much more on-ball stuff for sure. Um, yeah. But again, the, like the on-ball stuff stuff is like he's a, he's a prolific scorer. So he's going to score. Even if he's not on-ball, he's going to score. It doesn't matter. But the problem is that if they're continuing to play multiple non-shooters on the floor, it plays right into the Lakers' hands because the Lakers don't want to – like you're just allowing the Lakers to now play their non-shooters too as well. And <clears throat> that ends up being Vando. That ends up being Dennis. That ends up being Wenyon. And, I mean, technically LeBron too because LeBron's not making jump shots either. But, like, it just – it plays into their hands. So it's not just on-ball stuff. It's who's the guy that's screening for Steph and setting him up for these plays. Is it Draymond? Because if it's not yeah. Draymond and it's Looney, that's another guy that can't shoot, can't space, can't shoot the ball. So it's like, you know, one of the things that the Kings did that helped them win game six against the Warriors defense is they played Trey Lyles at the five. And they spaced mm -hmm. it out. They just went straight five out. Malik and, and De'Aaron are going to get straight, straight, straight line drives to the rim or, or somebody's going to be open for a three. And they win that game six. You know, Malik goes bananas, and, he, and he's making a bunch of shots. Um, but then what ends up happening is, like, you know, the Warriors counter that by going even smaller, right? And then they yeah. just put Steph on ball, and now now nobody can – like, I think the Kings went back to Sabonis at center, and Sabonis just got fried by Steph, like, every oh, single – all series. Yeah, man. and so, like, the Lakers just have to play – like, there's going to be one of these things where – Steve Kerr makes an adjustment and it works for only so long. And then he's going to go back to what he originally started with. And that'll mm -hmm. be like the adjustment to the adjustment um, like he did with the Kings. And I think the Lakers just have to be ready for it. Like if their game plan is, if they're, if they're smart with their game plan and they've done their homework on which players are threats from where Gary Payton can't shoot. Kevon Looney can't shoot, but he can finish lobs. He can finish around the rim, has good hands, crashes the glass. Draymond can do absolutely nothing offensively for some reason. So, like, you know, you don't have to pay attention to like that. But, but again, you don't want Draymond you – you can't play so far off of Draymond that he can yeah. set up a DHO for the guy that's on the other side of him away from the ball. You know what I mean? Like, if it's Clay on his right and Steph on his left. And so, like, just being smart about it, uh, I think, is, is something that um, – you know, it'll be really, really important. But there's also – there were possessions of pick-and-roll basketball – 
that they ran yeah. in the first game. And I thought the Lakers defended it really well. Uh, and so I, I would expect it just to happen in with more volume if, if they mm-hmm. go with more volume for that pick and roll. Yeah, man. And just, like, I know we went out, we talked to, talked about him already, but AD was just special on that end. Like I'm, I watched it a few times and I'm still unsure how he, you know, was able to, to take away the three, take away the rim and box out Looney. That's just, that's a lot. I'm worried a little bit about his, you know, load having to do that for a whole series. I think that's, that's a lot of work to put on one guy, even with the lower, I guess, offensive responsibility. And he had some jump shots, but yeah, look, Steph and Clay and Poole, they're going to put pressure on you all year. This is going to be a hell of a series. Like it's, I called it again a miserable series to watch. That last, you know, five minutes kind of exemplify that. Like why they're just going to be tough to put away. Um, but I think the Lakers have a few. I don't, I don't want to say answers, but like I think they have good process. I thought game one was good process, pretty much. And sometimes, Vinay, you do good process, and the Warriors still hit 21 threes. Like I mean, like that's you know what I mean. Like you you did the right thing on on a lot of possessions, and they still just came away and hit what 40% of their threes in total. Um, but you force them to shoot 40% from the floor. So that's an interesting like chess match. Like, can you, can you continue to do that while threes are raining on your head? Like, can, can, can you be consistent and disciplined in your defense? Like when they run off these screens, you're like, damn, they just hit eight. They just hit six threes right now and cut our 10 point lead to two. But can we still be consistent and being like, no, my job is to make sure that I show high, try to dissuade the three. He take a contested one over me. That's, that's kind of life, and but I take away Looney's role. I take away the offensive rebounding. I take away all the. I plug all the other parts of their offense. I have to kind of live with Steph and like if if Clay's gonna hit long twos contest, contested, I think you kind of have to like live with those or, or like Steph's hitting the long two. Those are just shots that you're gonna have to kind of give up. But um, yeah, it's interesting where they where they kind of go from here. But to steal game one, man, after what this season was and what this season started and where we were end of February. 24 and 28 end of February to be like three wins away from the conference finals. Can you say that out loud? Like three. That's wins pretty, away? that's like, pretty crazy. Yeah. In, in general, yeah. I just, it's just, it's just crazy to think just where we were at and what the outlook was. Yeah. I mean, LeBron deleting the, I'm not going to miss the playoffs again. This hurts a lot. Tweet. <laughs> like even LeBron was like, I don't think we're going to make the yeah. playoffs until the trade happens. Lost so, it's some like, hope. so it's not like, you know, nothing wrong with that, but it's just him being human. And he was getting lit up in the quote tweets anyways. People were pulling that pulling that tweet over and over again. But um, yeah, you know, like the, the adjustments will be very interesting to see. I, I definitely think we'll get more on ball. We'll get more pick and roll um, mm-hmm. out of it. I think the Lakers are going to try and squeeze the floor again. Like they're, they're going to try and squeeze. I, I messaged this to you. There, there's only one of two ways that this is going to go. One way that it's going to go is Steve Kerr is going to not really make too many adjustments. He's probably mm. just going to tell his guys, stop fouling. Like that's literally probably what he's going to tell him. Be like, stop filing and you win the game. Um, and he'll be and he'll change the volume and increase the volume of on ball, like mm-hmm. step possessions that he gets ISO or pick and roll. That's one way. And then the other way is something more extreme, which is what we've been talking about this entire space, which is he will exclusively separate Kevon Looney and Draymond's Draymond's minutes uh, away, and he'll avoid playing both of them together at the same time, like he did with the Kings because the Kings were basically using the fact that they had two non-shooters on the floor against them, um, and, and he had to space, space them out, and then only use them in, in pockets of moments to, to sort of win games um, in game six and seven. So those are like what I would consider two extremes. Like one is play better. The other one is like play better. We didn't really lose that by that much. We played really, really good basketball. Just this didn't go our way, so we got to play better defensively. 
that's one way. And then the other way is to actually really tinker with lineups and stuff like that. So I'm not sure which one he's going to do. I think you're right when you say that um, like game two is probably not a time to make an extreme decision. Uh, like yeah. he clearly didn't make that extreme decision until he went down 2-0 to, to the Kings and he realized that he had to make a change. And I mean, Draymond got... They, like they won game, yeah. But it's also home court for them, right? So it's a yeah. little different. Like for the Kings series, they knew like we can go back home and split this and, you know, split it again. But... This is different. Like I think they're gonna treat. I think this is a game seven at least for them. I don't think you can go down two zero and lose both of your home games. Yeah, like, that's true. Like, Considering how yeah. how bad they've been on the road, his, yeah, like, at least historically this season. Granted, they did win two two road games this last series. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. It'll also be interesting to see how the Lakers um, adjust their coverages. You know, chasing some of these guys around. Like you said, like they. Some of these guys did a phenomenal job chasing guys around, and Clay still hit the contested jumper. And sometimes you just gotta be like, okay, that's just what happens. Like, you know, we're we're doing the best that we can. Um, so I'll be I'll be really curious to see. The one wild card I am curious about is if Draymond gets very aggressive scoring the ball, like he did that in yeah. Game Five against the Kings because they were they were playing so far off of him. He might try to do that against the Lakers, uh, just like fake the DHO. Like, you know, balls to the wall, go right to the rim for a layup or a dunk, galvanize the crowd, get the rest of the guys into it. So it'll be interesting to see um, if that card gets sort of pulled. Uh, because if he has another bad game where he's missing layups, the noise is going to get very, very loud for him. Um, you know, considering how much he loves LeBron, how vocally he loves LeBron. Uh, so it'll be, did you see his, did you, th- did you see his like video where he was just like, we're not used to LeBron being yeah. off ball and role player. It's something to get used to. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? This is basketball. Like, he's just standing in a corner. Like, there's nothing. You don't have to do anything. Like, you still just <laughs> the ball's in front of you. Just play defense. And so, it's just it cracks me up. He's the, the explanation yeah. he's trying to give. Man, he um, went live right after the game. I was like, man, that's just <laughs> that's bro, that crazy. Guy is, that guy is that guy is. He's crazy. talking. He's talking adjustments like right after the locker room. You know what I mean? Like Steve Kerr gives his speech and then draymond hops right on to like live like that's he's literally i mean he's this is new media (laughs) that's what they hashtag new media that's what they they keep calling all the all the player podcasts and stuff like that i I don't i don't you know it it is what it is um more power to him that's what he wants to do he's he's definitely going to uh you know end up transitioning (laughs) very very smoothly into tv for for that NBA on TNT. Um, but Rod, we covered a lot. Uh, we're right at the hour and a half mark. That seems to be the, you know, I hope yeah. the folks, I mean, people have been riding strong. I mean, we've had over 300 people in this space for yeah. uh, an hour and a half listening to us, to us talk about the, these two games and the adjustments. Um, I'm going to be very curious to see how things go. Um, you'll be very curious, I imagine, uh, to see how things go. I think they can still win game two. Like Oof. if they come in with the same, like, my main concern is we're going to lose game two because we're going to be like, oh, we got the split. We're good. Mentality. Yeah. yeah like, like they kind of seem like that's what happened with like the Sixers Celtics today. Like from what, what people were telling me, they're like the Sixers, like Harden went two for 14. And like, I don't know if that's what happened or if Boston just thoroughly beat him up. But like, um, well, I, I just don't want to be complacent. That's all. I, I will say this. So um, I don't know if you got to see the post game quotes from LeBron and AD after the game. 
but um, no, no, I, I didn't. Okay, so it was a very different tone than like after they won game one against Memphis. Game one against Memphis, you could tell they're like, oh, we did our, you know, we did our job. Like we stole home court. Like we wanted to show that we belong in the playoffs. Yada yada yada. You couldn't tell they won the game from like the post game comments. You know what I mean? It, LeBron was like. Man, like they got us, like they pushed the pace, like you know. I was telling the guys, you got to keep running, like you got to keep running, like we're. And then AD was also like, yeah, like they're not gonna stop, like they're gonna continue to come at us, like. And it's it, it felt at least different. Look, they could still come out tomorrow and lay an absolute egg because Golden State can bait you into that. They can, you know, they can really dissuade you from. They can kill your will very quickly, especially when you're already if you're already tinkering, you're dead against the Warriors to me. Like it just in terms of like if you're if you're not with the right mindset that you're there 100%, they will kill you. But the post game comments to me at least it felt a little bit different. It felt like a team that understood like. One game is nothing on this team. They can easily come in your building and win, and I think they can. I think the Warriors, I'm not buying that road regular season record very much. But, yeah, so on the YouTube chat, they YouTube chat, AD said we didn't do nothing. Yeah, that was kind of the uh, – that's how it felt, at least in the postgame comments. And that, that, that at least that was the face of uh, LeBron and AD in those comments. And maybe if they're hiding it well, they did it fantastic because I, I – I kind of believed it. it. It it felt different than the Memphis one. Look, Memphis, very good team, two seed. You know, uh, they're very excited. You know, they they run around. They you know they're they're a very exciting young team. I don't think LeBron sees them as he sees the Warriors. Like I just I just don't yeah. I don't think I don't think he sees them close to that. And maybe he should have. You know, they're the two seed. They deserved a certain level of respect. Maybe Dylan Brooks didn't, but like they're as yeah. a team deserve a certain level of respect for getting the two seed. I don't think he sees the Warriors as some six seed plug. You know, like he, yeah, he, he does has not see. He looks at them like the defending champs. Like these exactly. guys just won a championship. Yeah, exactly. He does not look down on them, even in one iota, in my opinion. Anthony Davis, I'm sure the same way. I talked about earlier. No, once on the broadcast was it mentioned like, hey, AD played against the Warriors twice. No one cares at all. Uh, they just bring up the Steph LeBron, which is fine. But yeah, so I'm sure AD knows as well. He's a team that can fire away on you. Um, so that gives me some hope. I still think, you know, the Warriors probably pull that because that's just how the world kind of works in terms of the NBA. It's very hard to go into another team's building and win too. Like that, that's extremely difficult to do, um, especially a team as good and as, you know, battle tested as the Warriors. But that gives me some hope. The postgame comments, I recommend anyone who's listening here to go go check that out. Mike Trudell talked with both LeBron and AD, I believe, and uh, they give some really great insight into how they feel. And uh, I think this team, Vinay, has legit advantages that the Warriors can't fix in, two, in one day. Like, I think this team really does have some, the size and, you know, just the ability to overpower you physica- physically um, against a team that plays very small and plays uh you know a lot more a lot less shooters than you would think for a warriors team so yeah uh, and and, and we said and, and we said this in the last um in the first space like this or when we did the series preview like this is not just a series of who can make the most shots this is very much a series of like you have to be able to outlast the other team like it has to be rebounding you have to have motor you have to keep playing you can't just let go of the rope or, or kick your feet up at any point and just be like Oh, okay, yeah, we did our job because either one of these teams can find a way to to kind of steal the game from you. And so I think that theme is – like we saw that literally play out mm-hmm. in, in game one, and I don't think that's going to be anything different. And, um, yeah, I think you know, the other part is like even with the one-day difference between games, like we're still in the West Coast, you know? Like there's not really a travel day for these guys in, in that same sense where it's a long trip 
and it's very exhausting. So, you know, maybe these guys are more ready and prepared because they don't have to change time zones and get on a plane and pack up their shit and unpack it and whatever it is that they have to do whenever they travel to Memphis and LA. So it, it'll be very interesting to see how locked in that they come uh, tomorrow. There was a yeah. stat that was floated out on the broadcast. A friend of mine sent it to me. Uh, the, when the road team wins game one, I think the last 14 games have been won by the home team game two. Yeah. They're 14 and 0, uh, 15 and 0, I think, including Boston's win today. Um, okay. So the, the numbers don't favor the Lakers for sure in terms, in terms of the win column, but this team can do things. Um, and, and I think yeah. this matchup is a little bit different um, compared to that Sixers matchup uh, with Boston. Um, yeah. There's still strengths and weaknesses that can't necessarily just be fixed um, in, in a single day. So I'll, I'll be very curious to see how, how they approach this. And if they come in locked in and they keep it close, um, and, and the Warriors have to squeak out a win, that's going to give me a lot of like confidence in, in our home games, uh, games three and four. Um, but yeah. if we go in and we just kind of, like you said, lay an egg because we're happy that we just got a split, then we'll be like, oh, I don't know, man. Maybe we shouldn't give them momentum going into game three and four because there's not really that many days in between games. So, you know, right. mentality will be a big part of it too, for sure. Right, you you don't want to give this team anything, and I, you know, final thing for me is it's really interesting. So this series obviously is every day from now on, um, and people bring up the Warriors playing Game Seven and then having to jump on, but actually, since Game Five and A, they've been playing every other day. So you know what I mean. So I don't know if the, how much that factors in, but I think that is a they get no rest. There's not like a Game One game. There's no rest. It's every other day for them, and it is for us as well. We just played AD and LeBron forty plus minutes. They talked about the fatigue at the end. You could tell by the shot selection. But game five was on April 26th. They played every other day um, since then. So, uh, and they're going to continue to. So that'd be, what, if this series goes six games, it's like, you know, nine games where like every other day you're playing. That's a lot for a team that had a title defense last year. I know Andrew Wiggins missed a lot of time this year, but their other guys are playing a ton of minutes. Um, I'm sure Steph's minutes are going to hit the 40s in game two, unless this is a blowout. But uh, they played Steph 37 minutes. They were kind of managing him to try to get him through this series. Uh, but now you can't do that. You're you're down 0-1, already gave up home court. This is your game seven, basically. And I think they're going to treat it as as such. And that means high minotos for those guys. So that's something to keep in track of, too. And again, they're not the only ones. We also are a part of that you know, attrition and having to keep our guys fresh and, and all that stuff. But I think that's an interesting way to look at this as well from a, they've, they've been playing that since game five. We got at least a four day rest for us because we finished our series in six. Um, it doubled kind of our rest advantage. So uh, that's nothing to keep track, uh, but this should be a really fun series um, to, to watch. Yeah. I, I, I don't have anything more to say than that. You know, I, we're just going to find out tomorrow. What, what both yeah. these teams are made of um, after you know, a, a really great win um, for the Lakers on the road. Um, so as always, Raj, this was wonderful. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks in the spaces, the folks on the live stream for joining us. Um, you know, the, we, me and Raj do this for fun, man. We just, we talk about this stuff all the time. We just decided to start doing it in a public forum so you guys can hear it. Um, and we appreciate the support, the messages, the likes, the yeah. shares, the retweets, whatever, you know, like it's, we appreciate it all. And if nothing else, we appreciate people giving us, you know, an hour and a half of their day, whether you listen to this mm -hmm. live or you end up listening to this on the pod, um, to, you know, listen to us talk about Lakers basketball. So 
um, you know, we'll see, we'll figure out what the next, next recording is going to be uh, when we schedule that one out. Um, but Lakers take game one and we're on to game two. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens in game two and then react to it accordingly. Um, for myself and for Roger, just want to thank everybody. Uh, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace.